I'm Amanda, and this is Not Your Granny's Quilt Show. Welcome to today's episode. With me today, I have Jemima Flint of Hide with a Ribbon. She is a former teacher like me and a crocheter as well as a quilter. And I'm so excited because today we get to chat about those things that we have in common, but also her new book called Quilt It, Crochet It. That is a book of patterns that has the quilt pattern as well as the matching crochet pattern so that you can make the same quilt and quilt and crocheted blanket to have the same pattern. And I just love that concept of being able to quilt, make the quilt or crochet the blanket and still get the same look. It's such an ingenious way to merge the two crafts. And since I love both of them, it just really sparked my interest and I could not wait to talk to Jemima about it today. So I hope you guys enjoy. Thank you so much for joining me today, Jemima. How are you? I'm good, Amanda. Thank you for having me. It's so nice to uh, get to chat. Yeah, I'm so excited. I've followed you for a while and just seen, you know, your work and found that we have a few things in common. And so I thought, oh, I just want to talk to her someday. And so it was really exciting to hear back from you and get to set this up. And I was nervous about the time difference because I'm like, I don't know how to set up like that big. That's it's like a whole <laughs> half a day. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, here in Australia, the um, yeah, the time difference is a little tricky. Once we um, once it's all worked out, yeah, it's always good to um, to have a chat. And as you said, we have um, yeah, quite a few things in common. So it's nice to be able to yeah, talk talk more about those. Yeah, and we will get to your book, so I don't want you to think we're not going to talk about that because <laughs> that's an exciting thing too. But I just want to kind of go back and like, so were you? teaching before um before like crafting or quilting or was that kind of intermixed with that because that wasn't that's one thing we have in common we were teachers yeah. <laughs> uh, originally well I always loved crafting it was something I had done since I was you know a young kid and I'd always been around a lot of um, my nana sewed and my mum sewed and um so there was always the element um around around the house and then I went to uni and became a primary school teacher and did that for a few years and then left primary school teaching vowing uh yeah never to to go back <laughs> I sort of decided it probably wasn't what I had thought it was going to be and um I went out into the well out into the world and worked um full-time for a little while and then whilst I was there came across someone who had suggested to me maybe I should try or, or why had I never considered home ec teaching and mm. that was something I was like it was just this light bulb went off because I had never considered home ec teaching it was always I, you know I loved quilting I loved um, baking I was doing a lot of it um, mm. in my early 20s and used to do that all the time and it had never never occurred to me that home ec teaching might sort of be something that I was interested in so went back to uni and did my major in home ec and then yeah went out and absolutely loved home ec teaching it was just such a such a rewarding type of work because I worked generally with a lot of our vocational students so our year 11 students and our year 12 students who were really more looking at um, entering um, the world of becoming chefs or hospitality so yeah, it was, you, and I worked a lot 
I had those students mostly sort of all the time. So it was good, um, different, like, yeah, different from sort of lots of classes of lots of kids and that sort of thing. But, um, yeah, it was. Um, and then the craft, like, on the side, I had been doing my quilting and started to write patterns and going to markets and selling them. And oh, wow. then that kind of just got to the point where I was literally sort of one foot in one camp and one foot in the other camp. And I kind of got to this point where I was enjoying writing patterns and doing the the business side of quilting that it was yeah time to make a decision which way to which way to go whether I was going to go back to teaching or sort of jump into the business yeah more, more on a full-time level yeah that was kind of how I got to my mom and I were you know we had started the business but she was doing it mostly you know since she could be home with it and I was still teaching and but the more I would interact with the business on my breaks and during the summer, the more I was like, mm, I think I'm done in the classroom, <laughs> and which was kind of a bummer because I had just gotten my master's degree. And so the timing was, yeah, it was, it was rough and it was like the end was right or the end of my mm -hmm. program was right during when, you know, lockdowns and everything were starting for COVID. So I had to do the last bit. It was already an online program, but I had, I lost access to, you know, a lot of situations that would have, that were, would have been required for some of the big projects I had to do. And so then I just had to kind of fudge numbers and wing a couple of things because I didn't have access to my students anymore. And so it was wild, but anyway, yeah, it was, it was hard yeah. and it was fun, but yeah, I got to the point where I was just like, I'm done. I need to lean into what's making me happy. And, and it was quilting. So it's kind of, yeah. Well, I think for, for any teacher out there, they would, you know, the whole world of teaching through COVID was a completely, you know, mm -hmm. new experience. And I can certainly see how um, it was just, you know, really difficult for teachers as with many, many sorts of careers and um, vocations that um, yeah through that time it's definitely changed things for people and yeah but um, yeah getting our kids you know in the classroom and all that is yeah yeah exciting it's, to sort of see them getting back yeah yeah exactly and even when they were trying to put kids back so soon I was like this is too soon like but also I don't want them at home either because they're not getting anything done <laughs> so it, was, it was tricky but Absolutely. Um, anyway, so that's, but home ec sounds fun. I think if I had, if I felt like going back to teaching, I would probably departmentalize and, and go into a, you know, a specific course, like language arts or something just, mm -hmm. or use my, use my master's degree maybe in educational technology, but it just didn't feel like the right path anymore. So, which you know, I'm, I'm all for people changing trajectory and finding what makes you happy and getting really good at that. And if you find you want to change again, then change again. I mean, our lives are so short. Why, why stick yourself in one lane and, and never change anything? So, well, I think too, it really is that whole building block, you know, mm -hmm. element of, you know, one thing leads to another and then it leads to another. And yeah, your skills aren't necessarily, you know, from one thing to, aren't relevant in a new job or a new 
new career it's you can literally especially in teaching you can take things that you've learned and then apply them in different areas and um, mm-hmm. my dad has a bit of a chuckle that you know I've got several degrees and I'm not literally using them but (laughs) they are very much the core of my business in terms of my teaching and whilst you know I may not be in the classroom at at a school I'm certainly using that degree and you know all those several degrees and and the knowledge that I've learned in the classroom and that's I guess to why I love to specialize a lot with beginner quilters and you know people starting out because I've been in that classroom situation with with younger students starting and, you know, touching a machine, um, sewing machine for the first time and learning how to thread it and those real basic skills that I think all things really do build in our lives to keep us moving forward. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think, um, yeah, for me, just like same thing, it's a lot of the skills I learned with even just my master's and feeling more comfortable around like the technological aspect of what it means to run a business now and being able to navigate the, you know, computer stuff like Mm -hmm. that. My mom's like, Oh, you have a, you have a educational technology degree. You can figure this out. I'm like, that does not translate like directly. (laughs) Like just because I have that degree doesn't mean that I just know how to like run the long arming program. Like, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) They're not the same. (laughs) No, but so you, um, but so you're still teaching classes and things and you had said you were, um, doing some teaching previous, the previous week. And so what was that for? So I was just away at Australian cook convention, which was held uh, in Melbourne. So I traveled interstate and whilst I was there, I was, um, teaching I had two two sets of workshops over the the four days and very much um, what I do within quilting now is actually a lot of teaching a lot of workshops a lot of um, either going to stores or going to guilds or um, a, the more the educational side of, of teaching people how to quilt and um, not just you know my designs but other other quilts and and that as well so uh I love to be able to you know get to travel to do that and yeah it was over last year in New Zealand at Quilt Symposium and um yeah so that was an amazing five days of teaching over there and I just love that element of being in the classroom with with quilters and um, new quilters and people starting out in their own quilting journeys and showing them and sharing my knowledge with them so that they can learn and be inspired and you know really want to take that you know keep going with their quilting learn the next thing learn the next thing so um yeah so teaching is very much a big part of of what I do yeah that's incredible and what a fun adventure to get to you know even if it is just interstate just getting to go somewhere different and teach a new group of people and just giving them that time and attention is especially when you feel really good at the thing you know that you're mm-hmm. teaching it's it's super fun and yeah that's awesome Are, so yeah. will you go again next year there I've got another couple of um later this year I'm headed um, back to Melbourne and I'm headed to Adelaide I'm headed back also um, to New South Wales so yeah I've got a few trips coming up later this year where I'll be teaching um at different events so oh. yeah lots lots on the cards and um yeah just I'm on the west coast of 
uh, Australia, so okay. it's um, quite a way to travel over to the <laughs> to the east coast. But um, it's good. I've got you know some family over there as well, so it's always um, and friends, and um, uh-huh. always nice to go over there. But yeah, just going and meeting up with quilty friends from from the other side of Australia, especially as we haven't had that chance in the last few years with with lockdown and that and mm-hmm. yeah it's just been amazing um yeah my last trip in Melbourne it was I had got to catch up with some of my um quilting colleagues um who are either in the distributorship with me or people who I've you know met or been inspired by and um getting to sort of see them in Melbourne for the first time and yes yeah, since 2019 really so oh. so wow. it's good going and being yeah amongst people who know what you do and also love what you do so it's almost like that little it's like yeah but being with people who just understand you without having to explain yeah yeah necessarily what it is that you do or or because they know and they understand and uh, yeah they also understand all the things that come with running a business Mm um you know sometimes the trials and sometimes the things that are, are tricky and and that so yeah, it's always good not only to meet, you know, students, but also to then be inspired by people in the industry who you look up to as well. So, yeah, that's so fun. And, and yeah, it's, it's so nice to be in a room of people who know what you're talking about and you're not explaining the basics and having to like backpedal to like get into the nitty gritty details of something just to tell them a story about something, you know, it's like, I love talking about quilting but yeah it's it's a different it's a completely different thing when you're talking to people who just know you can just talk about it you don't have to like preface it with any extra information or things that as a quilter you just already know and so you don't have to talk about those details necessarily and it it is different for sure and it feels so good like I think that's partly why I do this podcast because like I have my quilty besties you know they my best friend's quilts and so, but it's like, I don't want to only talk about with that, that with them. And, you know, I love talking to and learning from mm-hmm. so many different people and yeah, just being able to talk about quilting without boring my husband to tears or <laughs> <laughs> you know, like call my sister. I totally like, I understand care. that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So some of my friends so now, they're so excited because they, they can recognize fabrics that I work with and they know the names and, oh, you know, yeah. so we'll, we'll be chatting and they'll mention, oh, I saw, you know, the quilt that you're working on with, with the tulip pink fabrics or, and it's just like, you know, this little hand clap because it's like, oh, you know, yeah, you sort of forget that, um, you know, people who are not anywhere within your quilting realm, you know, that they do pay attention and, you know, oh, I loved how, you, you know, you did this with the Betsy fabric that you were working with and it's like, oh, wow, you know, she knew I <laughs> was using my Liberty Betsy fabric and and yeah yeah, it just lights you up as well when people who yeah just don't you know know you know their background is not quilting or they don't quilt themselves but Mm -hmm. they're they're paying attention to what you're doing and um yes and also supporting you you know as well you know through you know you're writing you know books and all the other things you know like oh how how did you you know asking the questions how your you know course launch went and all those things you know that yeah yeah it's it's nice to have people in your corner mm-hmm. it really is and even if yeah like they're not doing the exact same thing you're doing is it's like you know they're your people when they cheer you on no matter what so mm-hmm. whether they're Absolutely. in the quality world or not if they're if they're a cheerleader for you 
in your good times and in your bad times, then it's like, okay, <laughs> you can stick around. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. I'll keep you. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've been talked off the ledge a couple of times, you know, but by some of my, you know, my friends and, you know, with them being able to see things that I can't necessarily see because you're just so in that moment and so in mm-hmm. that. But, um, yeah, I've definitely had some times where, yeah, you know, it's actually my friends who have made me see, you know, what I'm doing is is what I'm supposed to be doing and, and that encouragement yeah. to keep taking that next step forward. So it's absolutely, yeah. without a doubt, having people in your corner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It makes a huge difference. And, you know, just, yeah, somebody to pat you on the back when you're having a rough day and say, you know, you're doing great Mm -hmm. things and just keep it up. It's like, okay, it it makes a huge difference. Even if it's from afar, it's like, as long as you've got somebody, it makes, makes it a little easier to, to handle those situations, which is so nice. (laughs) And was it your mom that taught you to quilt or is that where your love of quilting came from? Uh, She didn't start quilting until about a year or two before I did. And it was her friend who got her into it. She's always been so crafty and has sewn, um, since she was a little girl. So she has, you know, tons of skills and she used to make clothing for us or sew little projects. Or if I wanted to like redecorate my room, she would redo the curtains and just, you know, kind of home decor kind of things. She made some of my formal gowns for, you know, dances in high school and all that, but yeah, she didn't start quilting. And so it was actually, so it's, you know, me and my three best friends and two of them, Jen and Beth, they had started quilting before Miranda and I, And then they finally were like, you guys are going to quilt. And Miranda and I were like, ha, 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 you're so funny. And (laughs) dragged us to the fabric store, made us pick out fabrics, pick out a pattern. And then we just, they're like, hey, we're going to hold your hand, but you guys are going to make quilts. And we're like, fine. So that's really where, I mean. Gave in. (laughs) Yeah. So it was, I wouldn't say fun because I came home crying that night because we I mean we spent the whole day working on it and I was like if I'm going to make a quilt it's going to be big so I made a twin size as my very first quilt and that was a mistake but they got me through it and so once it was finished I was like okay I want to keep doing this (laughs) so yeah but I'm my mom would try to teach me to sew and use the sewing machine, but I just had so much anxiety around that. Like I didn't want to break her machine or do anything Mm -hmm. that would ruin it. And so I just was like, never mind, I don't want to do this. But my grandma, my dad's mom, she had taught me how to crochet when I was around 10. And I did it for a little while and then I set it down. But then I picked that up again in college and I've been crocheting ever since then. Like we started Mm -hmm. making hats and scarves for um the unhoused population that was in the, the town where I had started, um, started college. And so I got back into it then, but yeah, it's just, it's been around, but (laughs) Mm -hmm. I had to be forced into it. (laughs) (laughs) Pushed. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Little, little push. Yeah. It was loving, but firm. (laughs) (laughs) I think it was our very first episode because Miranda started this podcast with me, but um, we had talked about that experience of them. We act like it was so mean, but they were actually really nice about it. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and look at you now. 
Yeah. I'm like, well, I made a business, so I don't know. That's it. So you, yeah. It worked out. You showed them. (laughs) Exactly. So you also crochet, right? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, My nan taught me how to crochet when I was probably about six or seven. And I kind of look at it now how that's really come full circle because essentially that was really the first craft that I was um, shown how to do. And I used to just make these granny squares until essentially they were too big for me to lug around and (laughs) they I used to take um scrap yarn from anyone who would um who would have any spare and so as as a young child I just used to take these granny squares and make them to to that size and then they actually um my nan used to take them she was part of the Seroptimists here in Western Australia, which is a women's charity organisation, mm. and she used to take them and they used to be auctioned off and oh. that that blows my mind because it's <laughs> like, well, you know, obviously they were, you know, feeling, you know, all the money went to the right places and all that, of course, but it was like, you know, I think, oh, gosh, you know, a, a crochet blanket made by a, you know, eight-year-old or a nine-year-old, but um it was just really, I loved the repetitive nature of it and still within even my quilting now, just I do I do love, you know, the repetitive nature of some of the tasks. I'm, mm-hmm. I, I can sit well with it. But just, yeah, crochet was something that I really just, I loved it. I could do it um, anywhere I wanted. It didn't require a lot of equipment. And when you're making just one big granny square, it didn't really, as a child, you just had to learn one stitch. And mm-hmm. I think the reason I did granny squares is because Nan would help me start in the in the centres and get mm-hmm. me started and then I could literally just go round and round. Yeah. Um, They're but, very um, easy to grow. <laughs> yeah, that's it. And um, I kind of, when I, you know, when I started quilting, I was about 16 and I think by then I'd long sort of, put the crochet aside Mm -hmm. and it probably wasn't until I had crocheted for a little bit sort of um, when when my girls were little when I wasn't sort of sewing so much and Mm -hmm. then I kind of picked it up again and probably about five or six years and and it's very much that you know that like riding a bike you know it just Mm -hmm. that muscle memory just kicks back in and um, I just found myself instead of um, wanting to sew at night because I was sewing all day long and creating patterns that I found that at night time I was enjoying sitting down to crochet at night time mm-hmm. to replace that whole just constant sewing so it was kind of my it became my relaxation from sewing through the days and that yeah. was kind of yeah kind of just kicked off again and um, immediately sort of yeah you just get back in you just you know the pun, the pun of you know you're just hooked literally from yeah <laughs> from yeah. from from you know that first couple of stitches and yeah it's, it's mm-hmm. you know there are a couple of big um you know patterns that I just love and enjoy making and and then yeah I just I never kind of expected it to be part of my business it kind of that was accidental mm-hmm. uh, with how that sort of took that detour but um yeah yeah that's so fun yeah I I just love yeah the like you said the repetitive nature you can just kind of Mm -hmm. sit and just you have to just focus on that because if you lose count or you miss a stitch or you you know do the wrong 
stitch, it's like, oh my God, <laughs> mm-hmm. undo everything. Well, but too for, you know, traveling, you know, when we take mm-hmm. long car rides and, you know, car trips or plane trips, or I've yeah. always just, you know, I, I'll have it in a little bag when I'm waiting at the doctor's surgery or, mm-hmm. um, you know, any of those sort of, you know, when you were waiting in the car, when it was pouring with rain with the kids at sport and yeah. <laughs> it, it was just, I just always have something, whether it's sewing or crochet mm-hmm. in my hands to do. I just, maybe I just don't sit very well and yeah, I'm yeah. probably not very good at just sitting. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who wants to just sit though? I, it's, it's always nice to have something to do and Mm-hmm. And it feels, it feels more productive than just, you know, playing games on your phone or scrolling Instagram mm-hmm. or, you know, something like that, where you can actually be making something. It's, it is nice. And yeah. it's so portable. You just need your hook and your yarn and, you know, it help, it's helpful it. if you have scissors, just in case something happens <laughs> or you finish something and you yeah. need to snip the end, but yeah, you can yeah. get away with very little and, mm-hmm. and continue to build your project. Yeah. I, yeah. I just bought a sweater pattern for crochet that I'm going to try. Mm-hmm. I'm very excited. I tried to order all my yarn uh, a couple of days ago and there was a huge fiasco. So they had to end up yeah. canceling the order and refunding me because they tried to charge me like so much shipping. And I was like, excuse me, yeah. this is not how this works. Yeah. So anyway, I'll just have to figure it out, but I'm really excited to yeah. get started because I've never, I've never made clothing before. Mm-hmm. Have you? No, no, I've, no, I've never. Um, I've kind of looked at it and I've just, you know, I've, I've made plenty of scarves and mm-hmm. cows and all that sort of stuff. And, um, but no, I haven't actually, like, but funnily enough, my daughters recently have both come to me several times and they've got this picture mm-hmm. and they're like, Mum, can you make this? And it's like this little scanty, scanty, like little crochet sort of bikini top or something. And I'm like, <laughs> no 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 not for you <laughs> no but I'll give you the seven dollars and you can go to Supre and and you can buy that for yourself um because I just there's no way that oh I'm gosh. that I've yeah entered down that um you know the clothing side of, of crochet and it's just not something that I just I love crocheting blankets I love crocheting mm-hmm. scarves I think because I know what they're going to look like. I've always been a little scared, I think, with clothing, um, you know, jumpers and that, that it's just not going to look, you know, that whole, the gauge and all those sorts of things. But I mean, there's absolutely amazing makers out there who design beautiful things. And I look at them and I'm like, wow, um, that's, that's a whole nother skill, being able to sort of make something that's actually fitted and, and that's I think this one will be forgiving because it's supposed to have um, about 10 inches extra kind of uh, like width across it so that it, it is a looser fit, which I was like, okay, that will be great. Cause then if I, you know, my gauge is too small, then it would be a little more fitted, but if my mm-hmm. gauge is, ends up being a little too big, then at least it'll still kind of have that oversized feeling. So definitely and it looks pretty fairly simple. I was like kind of scrolling through it again and looking and I'm just, yeah, it's, it's hopefully it turns out <laughs> I'm nervous, mm-hmm. but I really, yeah, I, I'm like, I still want to, I think I'm like, you. Yeah, I'm kind of like, I love sewing and I love quilting, but I do it all day long and yeah, to have something else crafty and creative to do with mm-hmm. your hands in the meantime, cause I don't really have a space to sew at home. Um, I just do everything at my parents' house. 
mm-hmm. but um so but I can crochet anywhere so it yeah uh, it's kind of like okay I'm gonna get back into this and maybe not do the mm-hmm. same things I was doing before I was making like those little coffee cozy like the sleeves that go on your coffee cups and yeah um I was selling them at a local coffee shop but then something happened I had to take my display down and I just never went and put it back up <laughs> and so mm-hmm. um you know it's always such an interesting talking point too because people generally will always it's funny they'll ask you what you're knitting mm-hmm. <laughs> um but it's it's people really do you know sitting across from you know the doctors or sitting across from you on the plane people mm-hmm. you know and the I've been stopped, you know, by the air hostesses and that mm-hmm. sort of thing. You know, people, I think it's something that people probably don't see every day or, you know, or they know someone who does it or, right. it's, and it, and it just piques people's interest as to what you're making or, yeah. Um, yeah. So it's always a nice little sort of social interaction, mm-hmm. you know, talking point really as well. So people, yeah, yeah. saying something that they, they necessarily haven't come across before. Or, yeah. Yeah. And it's like, maybe they've never taken a, you know, taken a chance on doing something creative like that. And so mm-hmm. kind of makes them go, Oh, I don't think I could ever do that. I'm like, no, you could, if you want to do, <laughs> it's not that mm-hmm. hard. Like I promise you, if yeah. I can do it, you can do it kind of thing. But yeah, it's, it is fun to, to chat with people about it that haven't necessarily done it before. Cause they're just like enamored by watching the stitches come together and I mean I yeah, I, I do think, too <laughs> yeah I think too that comes from you know your exposure to that you know within your home you know growing up and, and mm-hmm. that's certainly changed and when I was in the classroom you know most students would not have come from a home where there was a sewing machine in the house or you know necessarily even a grandparent you know owned a sewing machine and that's probably a generational you know change and mm-hmm. um you know so I think you know growing up has influences what you'd love to do and and that as well because you know if you're if you see those things or if those people are around you doing those yeah they do they pique your interest and you know you're you see something that maybe you know a lot of other other kids or a lot of other people necessarily wouldn't and yeah definitely you know, mm-hmm. and I think that those become our very treasured memories, you know, like yeah. you've got, you know, that special connection with your mum and, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, and like, you know, I do with my mum and, and my nana and, you know, those mm-hmm. are the stories that really, you know, connect you as a family um, yeah. as well. So I think it's, yeah, but, yeah, not everyone has sewing or, you know, craft or any sorts of, um, you know, things, but you know, they may have other things, you know, music or, yeah. you know, loves, love of, you know, like nature and those sorts mm-hmm. of things. So I guess we all come from different backgrounds, but yeah, yeah, being exposed, I think definitely makes a, you know, you grow that love for it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and even if they don't do it themselves, then it's like, they at least have that attachment to the memory and you go, <laughs> Oh, you know, yeah, my Nana used to crochet stuff for me all the time. Or, you know, I have the quilt that was made for me when I was a baby. It's like, they do have people, a lot of people do have connections to it, maybe not personally because they don't do it, but because someone that loves them, you know, mm-hmm. made something for them. But yeah, it's, it's really fun. And I'm like, kind of bummed that my, uh, my boys didn't really get into <laughs> sewing or crocheting. Mm-hmm. Like the younger one, he was like, yeah, teach me to crochet. And then 
he like made one really, really long chain. And then he was like, I'm done. And I was like, okay, well, (laughs) but it's like, it's just funny to, to see that. And I think too, sometimes people feel like it's more feminine to do the crafts and it is definitely like marketed, I think more toward, towards women to, to crochet or knit or sew or quilt. Mm -hmm. And, um, so I think too, it's about how, how it's approached or how it's talked about and, and how it was experienced in your life too, of, of who does it and and why. So it's interesting for sure. It's like, oh, that's a girl Mm -hmm. craft. I'm like, no, it's not (laughs) (laughs) only because you say so, Mm -hmm. but yeah, it's fun. We're, we're kind of starting to teach my niece. She's gotten a little interested in learning how to sew. And my mom designed a, a quilt top for her to work on because she wanted all this, she was going through all of our scrap bins and pulling all these little pieces of fabric and from just about every single quilt my mom and I have ever made. And wow, <laughs> she's like, I want some of this. I want some of this. I want some of this. And my mom was like, okay. And so she worked her through, you know, my mom was like, I will cut the pieces and then I'll show you how to sew them together. Cause she was like, she, they call my mom, Nana. She's like, um, Nana, I think that that thing is too sharp for me to use. And she's, <laughs> they just turned 10, the, yep. my twin niece and nephew, but so she's still a little hesitant around the sharp stuff, which I don't blame her, mm-hmm. but she, nice. she sewed most of her quilt top herself. And then my mom long armed it and finished it up for her but she was so proud of it and I was like this is so fun because I think because my mom and I are so gentle around it and we're not trying to force her and anytime she asks to try it out we are like of course come come over here what part do you want to do and um just letting her experience it how she wants to experience it I think has made a huge difference and Mm -hmm. I don't know I think for me I just I don't want to be a source of anxiety around the machines for her. Cause I, mm-hmm. not that my mom made me anxious. It was just, um, my nature, I guess. But I think mm-hmm. the more gentle and loving we are around it, the easier it will be for her to want to want to experience it. So anyway. <laughs> yeah. And then she'll grow her, you know, her, her own love for it and, you know, yeah. or come back to it at some point maybe, or, or, mm-hmm if not have just been exposed to that as something that, you know, she did and she'll have as a memory, you know, yeah. later down the track and, and a, as a special connection. So yeah, it's, it's all valuable. Yeah. It's really, it's really cool to see. And my older niece isn't, uh, isn't interested and my nephew is just like, whatever, I need to go throw a football. We're like, okay, bye. So it's, they, <laughs> it's funny. They each have their own, you know, interests, mm-hmm. which is nice. They don't feel like they have to do, one thing or the other, just because someone in the family does it. But mm-hmm. yeah. How, how are your girls? Do they find interest in wanting to sew or they, when they were younger, they, um, my older daughter loved it. She was, um, she, she just made, she did lots of, um, English paper piecing hexagons mm-hmm. and she, she really loved it. We would, um, you know, she would sit there and she would sew those together and, kind of make pillow tops but kind of that's as far as they would ever get and but both my girls um that they you know they can you know thread up the machine I know when they've been in my sewing room because generally 
the bottom of the jumper that they've cropped (laughs) (laughs) or hacked off um, Uh (laughs) is sitting left in my sewing room and I go back in there and the thread thread is a different colour to what I knew um, that quilt I was pieced or, Mm -hmm. you know, there are are things left out. Um, My younger daughter, she, um, she has not really developed a love for it but she is absolutely amazing at it um mm. you know I've I've tried and sat with her a few times and um her, her piecing is just uh, you know amazing like she really has a, a real knack for it but she doesn't have a love for it so oh that's and, the worst and they, you're like but you're so yeah. good at it <laughs> well you know I think like tailoring you know just she has a real eye for detail and Mm. I don't think she appreciates that as you know something that you know I always thought she'd be great at tailoring or you know bridal Mm. couture or you know Mm. because of just that absolute having to look at every detail and aspect and um always thought that that might be something that you know or design and something that she would love but um look they they are both you know young women now and um whilst they don't have a love of craft at this stage I think it's something that they've been exposed to and and I want them to pick it up because they love it I don't you know it's something that just because I I think too because I do it all the time it's in our home it's something that they've been completely exposed to that maybe they kind of like oh I don't want to do that that's what mum does you know mum mum does the quilting mum does the crochet you know so it's probably not very necessarily very cool and they're you know they're in they're they're you know they're very late teens and, and mm-hmm. early early 20s so oh, yeah, okay. they're busy with social media and all those other things so yeah um, but it, it's something that I think that they'll have a connection to they do like my youngest daughter recently sort of she she comes home and she's drawn this picture and and uh, she, you know mum I want to make this top and I've come home with this fabric and and I'm looking at what she's done and she's got this like little sketch and and we've all been there we've all either got the friend mm-hmm. who's done it or we've got you know the kids who have done it who have come to us with you know because you can sew with this mm-hmm. idea that's come from their head there's no pattern there's no <laughs> anything but this there's this whole garment that she wants to construct and this was only only about six weeks ago when oh gosh. that this happened and I and I looked at these pile this pile of fabric and there was there was lycra and there was some velvet and there oh was gosh. um some some like organza in there and I'm like you know what give Nan a call you know this is something that you and Nan would absolutely like um love to do together so yeah. um yeah I, I do admit to completely handballing uh that one and um, but they did it like yeah. you know she took she took that pile of fabrics to to her nans and um yeah my mum and 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 Ash did did make this top and wow. um, yeah she 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 wore it out so but um well yeah it's you know sometimes there are things that yeah I am not yeah <laughs> you're like you know what no like no no yeah that's (laughs) kind of where I'm at I'm like if you want anything besides a quilt you have to ask my mom because I don't know Mm -hmm. (laughs) I've never really made anything else like maybe I did I was you know and as a teenager I was like into creating making my own stuff but I a lot of times would get her help because I didn't know what I was doing so yeah she would you know help me concoct these skirts I would cut the inseam out of jeans and then I would fill Mm -hmm. the space with 
like batik or some other fabric to make a skirt. And that was like my big thing in the early 2000s and like the late 90s. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I'd make little bags if I had like leftover fabrics mm-hmm. and things, but um, nothing that really held up or it is still around because it fell mm-hmm. apart. But yeah, I yeah. think it's, you just kind of have to let people come to it on their own. And especially with mm-hmm. kids, it's like, you don't want to force them because then they would really probably hate it. And, you know, yeah, maybe when they're more mature and have kind of explored different things, they'll come to whatever makes them happy. And whether it's sewing or crochet, that's cool. And if it's something else, mm-hmm. then that's also cool because they're still using their creative brain and that's really all that matters. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's it. Uh, yeah. Showing them and, and leading them, you know, are two different things. So, yeah. you know, and, and it has to come from within them. It doesn't, you know, you can have all the things and, you know, even, you know, when you have students, you know, in your mm-hmm. quilting classes and all that sort of thing, you know, like that desire, you know, to, to want to create really does have to come from within because, yeah. If it's something that you're you're not enjoying or something that you were forced to do, you know, and you have that connection to that, mm-hmm. then it's, you know, something that you're potentially not going to enjoy. So, yeah. Yeah. And mm-hmm. yeah, I was just, I was going to relate it back to teaching too. Like you have to have a gentle hand with a lot of it and just say, Hey, here's how this thing works. And, mm-hmm. you know, and then set them free and let them do <laughs> what they want to do. And I think ultimately just that support and, and, you know, willingness to show them how, what, how you do what you do. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, if you think about, you know, your path to, to quilting as a business and my path to quilting as business, like we both got there in very different, very different routes from just Mm -hmm. like, oh, I woke up one day and I decided I was going to be an entrepreneur and make a quilting business. (laughs) And I never did anything else. That's, Mm -hmm. you know. I started nursing school and then I changed to elementary education. And then I did that for eight years. And while I was trying to figure my life out and it's definitely taken some twists and turns, but Mm -hmm. I also think that experience outside of that creative world helped, helped me learn different aspects of how to make the business work in different ways. And, you know, customer relations wise, like Mm -hmm. I've talked to some wild parents. I've dealt with some crazy kids and that all, all that experience feeds into being able to handle customer service situations. And not that we've had Mm -hmm. anybody crazy, but (laughs) (laughs) well, like, you know, it's that whole, like I mentioned, you know, that, that building blocks, everything, Mm -hmm. just, you know, the skills that you learn and in that just become transferable into other areas and um, yeah, you can specialize with those. Yeah, that's so cool. Um, I just actually saw right before we got on here um, that you re you like rewrote one of your patterns and you're re-releasing mm-hmm. it. Okay, so tell me about yeah. that. How did that come about? Well, <laughs> when I started quilting um, and releasing patterns, obviously this this quilting space was very different, and mm-hmm. we you wrote a pattern and the pattern was for one size, you know, multiple sizes has really been something that's come about the last, you know, few years and, and okay. offering, you know, within a pattern, multiple sizes, but most of my very original ones are only written for one size. Okay. And 
um, what I obviously my skills have grown not only in my you know sewing but also in terms of you know my writing and my ability to um, you know use Illustrator to add graphics and also taking you know feedback because you know the pattern when people see it they're like oh I want to make it bigger mm-hmm. you know how do I make it bigger and um, I love going back and the patterns that I've done and I've kind of I've called it like a a pattern glow up literally mm. sort of taking that original pattern re reworking it adding new sizes adding new um bits of information you know or you know instructions or clarifying something that you know may have been something that someone's gone off oh, i'm not you know not sort of sure what you mean here or and just being able to offer a design that i know has worked and people have loved mm-hmm. but looking at it now from you know a quilting perspective today and um yeah so back to the future um is one of my designs that i'll be really re-releasing in a few weeks and it's going to have yeah new sizes also templates and those sorts of things because back um, when i wrote the pattern originally i was able to add templates once templates kind of became popular and on the scene but even when i first wrote it temp like acrylic templates weren't really you know part of part of quilting so just being able and I think it just comes back to you know being a teacher and wanting to learn and wanting to grow myself and actually revisiting my you know my own work and being able to now improve and offer a better pattern and offer a better way for everyone you know to make that bigger size because you know I've, I've upsized the actual blocks rather than just you know before when the pattern was one size, it was like, we'll just add more blocks where now I've actually upsized it and, you know, designed a new template for that, you know, new size. So yeah, yeah, just, yeah, being able to improve and grow and and offer something that people have loved um, Mm -hmm. and make it better. Yeah. That's so cool. And I love to see that because I think sometimes we're like, okay, I'm done with that. I don't need to revisit it. But I think if Mm -hmm. it's a well-loved pattern or you know just a well-loved product of yours that the people who love you love it's like well here let me make it better for you it's like we're here for Mm -hmm. we're here for the quilty community and not just for ourselves but so I think yeah when we can find ways to make things better for them it it really just Mm -hmm. helps us grow as people but helps them grow too because I think the better the instructions are and the clearer the clearer things are, the easier it is to accomplish your goal instead of feeling frustrated and like, oh, I hate this pattern. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I've experienced yeah. that a few times too, where I'm like, this is literally the worst pattern I've ever written, wrote, not, I can't talk, read, like, <laughs> you know, with instructions all over the place and no real clear mm-hmm. trajectory of like how to best approach it and having to essentially rewrite how things go because of how unclear the steps were. And So Mm -hmm. when a pattern is written well, it makes a huge difference. And I love that you upsized your blocks for the larger size of the quilt. Cause I think you're right. Most, most patterns are like, oh, you just add more rows and columns and Mm -hmm. you just keep making more of the same block. But I think sometimes that, yeah, if the blocks are a little smaller, that feels kind of daunting and tedious. And so if the blocks are just bigger, you still get Mm -hmm. the overall effect of the quilt, but it's a little more achievable to accomplish Mm -hmm. a larger quilt. That's really well. We have, and the thing is too, like there, there are new, there are people who are new to my audience who would not have been exposed to it back when I originally released it. And I think too, there's that whole part of me that thinks, 
you know, if you open up Instagram any day of the week, there's, you know, a new pattern release and a new pattern release and all this sort of thing. And, uh, mm-hmm. and I think that there's a lot of value in what, what we've done before and, mm-hmm. you know, not it, this, whilst it's, you know, a re-release, it's, it's an older pattern that, and there's n- no less value in it being a pattern that I wrote many years ago. Right for it being something that's just as beautiful and can be, you know, easily made. And and I really hope people, you know, enjoy making now. So I think it kind of just slows that whole consumerism, Mm -hmm. you know, like having to churn out something new every single time and seeing value in going back and having a look at things that you've done before and it not being any less valuable to re-release a pattern than you know having to come up with a brand new design and a brand new concept and you know is this going to be the one that's going to you know break the internet and you know that sort of thing that 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 prep like it's not pressure but it's that feeling sometimes that you've always got to have something new Mm -hmm. and and I like being able to go back and and I did this lot you know the glow up I did last year with my Liberty Bell quilt Mm -hmm. and it was highly successful in that people you know, new to my audience, you know, can go back and they can make a pattern that they hadn't seen necessarily before because it's not, you know, one that I've made in the last, you know, couple of years, even though I sort of always will make new versions when I'm working with fabrics and that. But also just, yeah, seeing value, I think, in in things that we have done before and not always having to always come up with a brand new concept. Yeah, and that, that idea is daunting and I was kind of talking about that in terms of like creating social media content. Cause it's like, I don't always have something new to say and I don't want to just get on there to get on there and be one of those people that's like, so I'm not doing anything today. And it's like, if I put something out, I want it to be valuable. And I think it's, yeah, that refocus on what can I do with what I already have? And is mm-hmm. there a way to just freshen it up so that yeah, to new people, to new followers, it looks mm-hmm. new and fresh. And maybe, you know, people have been around for a while. Maybe they still want to see that again. And who knows, maybe they'll repurchase the pattern because to them, it's valuable that mm-hmm. maybe they've made it before. Maybe they didn't make the old one and and now they can have a new experience with something that's already been out there. And yeah, I, I think that is a valuable practice just not just in normal life, but in business too. Cause you're right. That consumerism of everything new, everything shiny all the time, like always have to be doing something new gets really tiring. And, you know, I don't think it's necessarily good for, for our mental health either of, of mm-hmm. always feeling like, Oh, if I don't have a new idea, I'm going to lose everyone and I'm not going to have a business. And it's just not true. And so mm-hmm. I really like seeing that. And that's exciting because it is like a new release all over again and mm-hmm. yeah. get to share. Well, that's something. it. You know, I mean, there's, there's just as much work in re-releasing it and I've made, you know, I had to make just as many, you know, new samples and I've had a photo shoot and I've done, you know, uh, the pattern, you know, has gone through all the sort of the same process, um, you yeah. know, but it's, it's that not having to reinvent the wheel, you know, in, and, mm-hmm. but I'm offering something new in terms of, yeah, something that that's worked well and I know people love. So, yeah. Um, yeah, and I know that there are people who, you know, may have made, you know, the original one, but who will love the fact that there's now the upsized version as well. So, you know. Yeah, it gives them something new to try with the same pattern mm-hmm. and that's really fun. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I think too that you know I, I've tried to pick things that have skills that people can learn. So for mm-hmm. you know with with Back to the Future, it's learning curves and because um, a lot of a lot of my quilts are very geometric um, and you know triangles and that sort of thing so it also gives people the chance to to learn a new skill so you know or yeah. try and you know be confident enough to tackle a new skill and and know that sort of there's some tips and tricks that you know I, I share with with that to, to help and guide them through yeah yeah curves can be intimidating but I think there is mm-hmm. so much out there to help. And I think any pattern I've followed with curves, it's I, the ones I have followed have felt really intentionally like mm-hmm. helpful to, if you've never sewn a curve before, follow these steps and, you know, just a lot of patience and a lot of pinning sometimes mm-hmm. and you'll get there. And, and so I really do appreciate that aspect because when it is a new skill, it's like you want your instructions to be detailed mm-hmm. and concise and, you know, give you the right information. And so I think, yeah, going back and checking through those directions, making sure that they do mm-hmm. make sense, even for new quilters is, is important. And I think, um, as educators were pressed to be reflective and, you know, mm-hmm. go back and think about what we've done and how we could improve it or what went really well and how we could, you know, reiterate that again. And, and I, I think as a, I'm pretty naturally reflective. I think a lot of that is anxiety, <laughs> but, <laughs> but it works well in this environment of like, okay, I just made something. How did it go? You know, what could I do to improve the process next time? And on sometimes some patterns, I'm like, I'm never making that thing again. And then literally a couple months later, a client will be like, I really want this quilt. And I'm like, Oh, why? (laughs) I'm just kidding. But so I think when I can, when I see that in, in people that I like and follow Mm -hmm. and, you know, feel connected to it, it makes me feel more connected to that person. Like, Oh, they really took the time to make this feel better for, for the people that, you know, love them. And, and that reflective nature, I think is just, it's so valuable. So, so valuable in all aspects of life. So I just, Mm -hmm. I'm, I do love to see it out in the world. And so it really, when I saw that, I was like, oh my gosh, that's so cool. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Sorry, my throat is like so dry (laughs) right now. (laughs) That's all right. Okay. So (laughs) that being said (laughs) with that pattern, so you, and you just recently released a book with quilt and crochet patterns in it. So I need to know all about this thing because it is right (laughs) up my alley. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, as I um, mentioned earlier, I kind of accidentally took a little deep, I don't know that detour is the right word, but um, I was one because I had been crocheting quite a lot um, at night time. I really started to look at um, how how could I turn like my quilt patterns. I kind of kept seeing how similar my quilt patterns were, and in terms of you know could could I could I try to turn this into a crochet pattern? And that's kind of what sort of kicked off this whole new sort of area me introducing crochet patterns because I took I was 
playing around with um, what's now known as my Merryweather blanket, um, mm. which actually comes, it's the exact replica of my Aurora quilt. So okay. um, I thought, how can I, you know, I want to turn this Aurora quilt into a crochet blanket and how do I go about that? And is it possible? And so I kind of, I did. And people, I think too, during that time, you know, of, of lockdown and, um, people were learning new skills and all that sort of thing. So people was, you know, and I think two people were starting to see that, you know, just because you quilt, you know, they had maybe forgotten, you know, that they they could crochet or that they would love to learn to crochet or yeah. people were learning new, learning new skills and sort of I guess that's kind of where the whole premise for the book came from in that I had turned my quilt pattern into a crochet design and um so essentially when I sat down to to write this third book which is um, titled Quilt It Crochet It I sat down very much with the intention of writing a book that offered both the pattern in a quilt and then also in an identical crochet version so mm -hmm. and uh, that that took a little bit of took a little bit of work to be able to keep them not only identical because I've I've really tried to every quilt looks exactly the same in a crochet version and also to keep it at that beginner level so that if you're new to quilting you could pick it up and you could make any of the quilt patterns in the book or if you're new to crochet you could yeah. pick it up and crochet any of those designs so mm -hmm. it was very much about keeping that simplicity of being able to offer both crafts to to everyone yeah so, that's so yeah neat. so yeah so that's been really fun to sort of see that go out into the world and and it really yeah the common you know common comment that I sort of get from people is oh I you know I learned how to crochet or I've always wanted to learn how to crochet mm -hmm. or you know I've, I want um you know a couple of quilt patterns in my repertoire that are you know I can put on repeat and yeah. you know or I've not want not known where to start with quilting but I love this you know design so it really that sort of you know introduction to either craft and being able to to make any of the designs in in the book yeah that's so fun yeah I the first kind of I guess exposure I had to thinking that you know being even just thinking that anything crochet could be translated to quilting was that the first pattern I tested for Katarina Rochella was her Travaya quilt and I she made that quilt pattern based on a, a crochet motif and I was like oh wow what the heck that's so cool and um mm -hmm. just the creativity that had to come with you know how it came together to create the design of it and um I have talked about it a thousand times on the show and I it's in my Instagram a million times so I'm sure if you know people want to see it they can dig it up but uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> um so then when I saw that your book was going to be that, I was like, this is such a cool concept because I think sometimes, yeah, if, if you're a quilter and you have other skills, sometimes you just want to try something different. And so the fact that you offer it in the same book is just so cool because you might love the pattern of the quilt and not really want to be quilting, but you can make it as mm -hmm. crochet and, and use your other skill or learn that new skill. And I just thought that was so ingenious and mm -hmm. just very um excited by the idea so <laughs> mm -hmm. I just I've had had um a few people reach out and one of them 
you know, maybe a quilter, but and they have a friend who knows how to crochet. And mm-hmm. I, and I've had this come from several people, you know, or the, or the vice versa. You know, they're into crochet and their friend loves to quilt, and it's something that they've been able to, you know tell me that they're actually making you know the same pattern but they're doing it together and and it's just been interesting that you know a number of people have reached out and said that you know that that that's what they've loved about the book is that it offered a way for them to connect with their friends or their family or you know my mum's going to make the quilt you know to the crochet blanket or you know someone else that they know you know my friend is going to make you know this and we're going to make the same together and and that's really great too that people you know, can be connected through the pages of, of, of the book. Yeah. That's a, so inspiring too, because it's not leaving anyone out, you know, as far as whether a yarn crafter or fabric crafter, you've got an avenue to make something really cool. Mm-hmm. So what was that yeah. like, you know, translating the pattern over whether it was crochet first or, or quilting first? And did you make all the crochet patterns to try them out? Yeah. So every <laughs> single quilts in the book and every single crochet um, blanket or um, pillow yeah I made and definitely the the crochet side of of things took a lot longer Um, Mm. I was you know I can churn out a quilt pretty quickly once I've got the pattern decided and once I've got the fabric set and sewing it is really you know that can be a couple of days Mm -hmm. of you know something finished where the crochet side of things that was you know the whole hand time frame of of making a blanket is completely different so mm. I um yes spent many nights furiously crocheting to um <laughs> to keep up um with with those but it was very much yeah sitting down and there was a lot of planning because not only did I want the quilts and the and the crochet blankets or the crochet projects to look the same I also translated that in terms of color so Mm -hmm. um, you know many of the the projects you can I've literally used the same color fabrics that I've used the yarn for and I was Mm -hmm. very intentional about that so that side by side um, it was like which one's which Um, but also just um, I did I that's how close I kind of wanted people to see that you could have crochet and and quilting so you know very much sitting down working out my um my colors and my fabrics and probably that process of matching everything up took probably a little bit longer than Mm -hmm. you know than normal you know when you're sort of pulling fabrics for a quilt or that sort of thing you're kind of not necessarily needing it to match to anything or but I, I very intentionally wanted everything to translate color wise um so that they looked similar as well so that yeah yeah um, it would have that aesthetic through the book as well that that cohesiveness even though that they were both very completely different crafts right Right. yeah and I think that's important too with seeing patterns and because even the same pattern if it's in two different fabrics or two different colorways they look very Mm -hmm. different so I think yeah if you had done the the quilt in one way and done the crochet in another way it would have maybe been like throwing people off visually even though it would be the same pattern but that I think the color the color matching is so smart too because I think people see it colors or see the way something's made and they love that Mm -hmm. and so they want a similar feel so it just probably in my mind you know probably made it easier to look at too it's not too busy yeah 
yeah, well, in, in terms of already being, um, you know, something that offered two different crafts, it was like, how do I bring that together and how do I make that look, you know, not confusing for the reader or how do I, you know, interweave it so that they're not two separate crafts, but they're very, mm-hmm. you know, they have so many similar similar traits, you know, whether, you know, you love to, you know, quilt or whether you love to crochet, but, um, yeah, yeah how, to, how to interweave those, so. Hopefully I've done that, uh, yeah, so that people, yeah, do pick it up and, um, yeah, are inspired to try something new or to to make something that they already, you know, would, would have done even if it wasn't filled with the other craft, so. Yeah, yeah, and it, then it's like you have, it's a two-for-one, you have a quilting book and you have a crochet book and you can choose and that's really, mm-hmm. that's really neat. I love, I just love that concept and. It's yeah, as a quilter and crocheter, I was like, oh, this is exactly up my alley. And I just, <laughs> I was so excited by that. And, mm-hmm. you know, to, to find other people who do what you do, like we were saying at the beginning, it's so nice to be able to talk to people like that get it. And I don't have to say like, okay, so there's this thing. And then, you know, this is part of this detail. I can just say, oh, my seven skeins of yarn got returned because the sh- they tried to triple my shipping and I told them to cancel it. And you can be like, oh, that's so sucky. You know, I don't yeah. feel like so skein of yarn is like the ball of yarn. And then I needed this many to make this sweater. And like, we don't have to do that. And it's so nice to not mm-hmm. have to jump through those little hoops to be able to talk about it. So <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> my husband the other night because I was winding some yarn and he's like, so why don't you buy it like this? And I'm like, well, that's not how a skein comes because, you know, a skein has been through a different process and generally it's hand dyed. So, mm-hmm. you know, and it's so even now I still have those conversations where, you yeah. know, you know, someone sees what you're doing and you're like, what, you know, those things that we take for granted that we we learn and know, you know, people, people are like, why would you, why would you just not buy a ball of Ooh. <laughs> like I'll tell why you why you buy it like yeah. that <laughs> like do you really want to know or do you just want to just know that this is I have to do this like yeah I think and generally I've paid a lot more money to have to wind it myself <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> you're like funnily enough this is more expensive this way <laughs> yeah yeah I leave that bit out I leave that bit out yeah. Yeah. especially for the husband right <laughs> yeah yeah it's I yeah I'll come home and my husband will be like, oh, how was your day? How did, how did everything go? And I'll be like, do you really want to know? Or do you just want like the shortened, like dumbed down version? And he was like, sometimes, sometimes. Like, no, tell it all, tell me all of it. And I'm like, okay, okay. are you ready? <laughs> do you need to take notes? And then sometimes <laughs> he's like, no, you can just summarize it for me. And so then I'll just tell him, you know, little bits and pieces, but mm-hmm. he's starting to yeah. pick things up, which is nice. But at the same time, I'm still like, no, you, then this thing, I'm like, oh, Never mind. I don't want to explain this anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> My husband, he'll be, um, you know, if, if I'm talking about something and, and he'll be like, is this real life stress or is this fabric stress? Like, <laughs> so there's obviously quite a big difference in, 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 in life, you know, whether it's to do with your real life or if it's, you know, and, and granted fabric stress in my house can be pretty, <laughs> like pretty, that is real stress. pretty tough, you know, yeah. like, yeah, having, you know, having all the fabric in the world and still not having the color that I need or, you know, mm-hmm. having, having a deadline to meet. So yeah, fab- yeah, fabric stress is a bit of a uh, comical term around our house. Yes, this is fabric stress. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Is this real stress 
your fabric stress. Well, yeah, you know, it is real stress because there's a lot at stake. Real stress to me. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, no, this is stress because this is my livelihood. And if things don't work out right, then there's problems and Mm -hmm. (sighs) boys. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's so funny. I love that though. Mm -hmm. Cause it's like, all right. Okay. Step away. It's just fabric. Cause it can get very like overwhelming and Mm -hmm. yeah if it's like you have this vision in your head and you just don't quite have the right things and the idea of like having to try to hunt that down and figure it out is like I have to go to every fabric store shopping Mm -hmm. online is dicey because you can't see the exact colors and Mm -hmm. don't know if the tones are going to match or if it's going to be slightly off and ruin the entire thing (laughs) so color theory is important (laughs) that's it's it's like underrated i think for how much it matters to the process of mm-hmm. designing something and if the colors aren't right it's going to be ugly and the whole reason <laughs> we're doing what we're doing is to make beautiful stuff mm-hmm. <laughs> not that's ugly it. stuff but yeah. that's so cool well so your book is called quilt it crochet it yes. and it's out now where can people yes. buy it on line anywhere specific or yeah, so it's uh, you can buy it on um amazon it's available um through fox uh, chapel publishing and landau publishing it's also um stores can also wholesale it um in the u.s through uh checkers as well as um, fox publishing and um yeah i have it at my my website i'm waiting for my shipment to arrive here in australia um mm-hmm. So I'll have it on my website very soon. That's available, yeah, for pre-order on my website. Um, but yeah, no, it's just it's been an um, yeah exciting journey. Sort of writing my third book, it was yeah a bit of a therapy session for myself um, in terms of yeah um, getting getting back into writing after having had my first two books. And yeah. but yeah, I love that process of um, it's it's a very different process writing a book to writing a pattern. So mm-hmm. yeah a different sort of element of, of you know what you do and and I think as a teacher and I, I think I'll always call myself a teacher that yeah. writing a book really is teaching and walking someone through how to do it and being able to you know weave stories in or being able to weave other elements in so yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah well that's such a cool undertaking and I'm so glad you were able to make your vision come to life of having quilting and crocheting come together. And mm-hmm. I am looking forward to getting my hands on a copy because mm-hmm. I'm really excited to, I, yeah, I would just thought it would be fun to, to, you know, maybe experience that with like my mom and have her make the quilt and mm-hmm. me crochet the blanket. And, and so we yeah. can have matching, matching set, but not necessarily the same thing. So I thought that would be fun. That's perfect. Yeah, but absolutely. Yeah, well, that's awesome. And thank you so much for joining me today. I've loved getting to know you and kind of connecting on our our shared kind of life experiences of being teachers and crocheting and quilting and momming and <laughs> all those things. <laughs> yeah, so. thank you for having me. It's, yeah, always always so good to, um, to chat to people who you meet on Instagram and, um, yeah. you know, so many, so many quilty friends, you know, that I've met through 
through literally through Instagram and yeah. and that's just it's such a powerful connection to have with people who are across the other side of the world and and yeah. feel that you have you know just sat down and had a chat in your in your living room or you know yeah yeah I, I yeah love connecting with people through through that and um, yeah it's been yeah. great to get to know you yeah thanks and um again go everybody go buy the book you're tied with a ribbon on Instagram and I will link everything in the show notes so that people can just get to you in one click so it's nice and easy and other than that we'll talk to you soon hopefully thanks Amanda yeah thanks bye bye Hey, if you're listening, thank you so much for being here. I just wanted to put it out there that I now have Patreon active. If you haven't checked it out, it's patreon.com slash not your granny's quilt show. If you sign up to be a patron, you get a not your granny's quilt show sticker sent right to your door. So go over there and sign up today. I'm also looking for stars, reviews, just show me some love over on Apple podcasts or on Spotify, um, on Spotify. Now you can do a Q and a at the bottom of the episode. So if you're listening, you can kind of scroll down and underneath the picture, there should be a Q and a section. Sometimes I'll put out a poll, um, just to see what you guys think about the episode or have you answer a question about something that happens in the episode. So I'll be looking out for that. Um, and I would just love to see your reviews and comments. Also, if you haven't already head over to YouTube at not your granny's cult show and subscribe today. I do a lot of visuals. Sometimes there's extra content you can see on the YouTube videos. And so if you're just listening, that's fantastic. Thank you so much for being here, but I'd love to see you over on YouTube as well. If you subscribe, go ahead and drop a comment on one of the episodes to let me know that you're there. Thank you so much for being here with me and I love you and I'll talk to you guys later. Bye.